just sit. I'm not used to speaking and sitting. I actually don't like it very, very much at all. Um, I find it very, I like to move around, but I'm going to sit. Renee, you can come and join me. I just, you know, before I jump in and, 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 uh, and start our message in and uh, get, get into our panel, I want to take a moment and I just want to thank our worship team who week after week they come and they give of themselves and their gifts and their talents to the Lord. Like Lacey and Sandra and Sylvia, week after week. And Renee, who has never played the cajon before. They just like, God, this is what I have to offer. And they just lead us in worship. And you know what, guys, ladies and gentlemen, today was so powerful. So powerful. I passed the microphone to Renee after I brought worship to a close. And I said, I'm really glad. I don't have to do the announcements. I'm a mess. So thank you guys for your faithfulness. Um, last week, I taught on having a heart for generations, which is one of our values. And as I took some time, as, as I unpacked what that means for us as a church family, uh, we, we explored that term family as we find it in the Bible. See, family is God's idea. It's not man's idea. It's God's idea. The natural family unit is his idea. And it's his, his plan for the church and for the earth. We talked, and I shared out of Psalm 68 and verse 6, where it says that God sets the lonely in families. And today, we want to highlight an important part of the call to family, and that's foster care. According to the San Diego County website, at any given time, there are approximately 2,100 children that are in out-of-home foster care, and about 30 children that are awaiting permanent adoptive placement all these children, every one of them that are placed in foster care, have experienced some level of neglect, abuse, ab or, or abandonment to some degree. These are hurting children that need a safe place to call home. Some for a short time and some for a long time and some permanently. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 7 says, Learn to do right, which gripped me when I, when I was preparing this, learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless and plead the case of the widow. And then in James chapter 1 and verse 27, James writes, true spirituality that is pure in the eyes of our Father God is to make a difference in the lives of orphans and widows in their troubles and to refuse to be corrupted by the world's values. There are so many scriptures that speak to the father's heart for the orphan and how he expects us, his people, to help them, to defend them, to take up their cause, to take care of them. And we, as, as Isaiah says, we have to learn to do what is right. We have to learn to defend the oppressed and to fight injustice and to take up the cause of the fatherless. See, God's heart is to protect and help those that cannot protect and help themselves or defend themselves. We are called to make a difference, specifically in the lives of orphans and widows. So then it really begs the question, how? Like, how can I help? What is it that I can do? And, and to be honest, we felt, as Renee and I talked about this, we felt like the best way to answer these questions and to get insight into making a difference in the lives of children was to hear directly from people that are doing it. 
And so today, we're going to hear from Jim and Vicki Dahl. Jim and Vicki, you can come and join us on the stage. And we're also going to hear from Jonathan and Sandra Sanchez. You guys can come and join us on the stage as well. Come on, that's right. Both of these couples currently and, uh, and in the past, they both currently foster children. And we want to give them an opportunity to share with us from their perspective and their experiences. All right. Are you guys ready? <laughs> All right. We're going to start. We're just going to go through a list of just uh, questions for them that hopefully um, you guys are wondering the answers to. So <laughs> uh, to start, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with um, actually both couples. We're just going to go and we're going to ask you this. How long, just to let everyone know, have you been fostering and why do you do it? Both of you can ask. doesn't matter who's first. We've been fostering for 15 years. And I love babies. And I used to have a, a friend in my life that when I was young that was a foster parent. And I, one day she showed up with a baby. I knew she didn't have that baby, and uh, I just thought that was so neat. She could care for a newborn baby whenever she wanted to because she was a foster parent. So I always wanted to be a foster parent, and when my kids grew up, I decided to pursue that. And Jim's been awesome because he's um, gone all the A lot of foster parents sometimes is just the mom that wants to foster and the dad doesn't want to foster and so she goes and takes all the classes and he doesn't participate but Jim's always been a participant he's always said no I insist that I be a foster parent too now they kind of make that isn't that true they make the both parents participate but why don't you tell everyone um, who are the kids that you have at home who are the kids yeah. that we have at home yeah are, are we allowed to do that or no all right, you mean pass the on that children? question. Yeah, we won't do that because we want to protect no, the foster okay. kids. Okay. We could just say their first Talk names. Talk to them later. <laughs> but we have two kids at home right yeah, now. Yeah, they have two. Okay. How about you guys? So um, our, we've been fostering for about six-ish years, give or take. Yeah. Um, the reason that I wanted to start fostering was because I worked at a preschool and we had a lot of foster children and I was just like, what can we do to do more? I saw the need um, and I saw how much their foster families loved them and I was like, I want to do that. So it just took a little convincing of Jonathan over here, but eventually he jumped on board and was like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Um, Jim and Vicki, uh, you have fostered and fostered and, and adopted uh, one of the children that you were fostering, um, and you're in the, in the process of, of adopting again. What what made you want to not just foster, but but foster and then and then adopt those kids? So what made what made you make that switch from fostering and then and then to adopt? We'd always said we were not going to adopt. Always from the very beginning. And, and, uh, and when we were in training, one of the girls that was training said, well, what do you do when there's a 
a sick child in your care and no one will take them. I said, well, I hadn't thought about that. Well, we still continue to just take children. We've had 46, I believe, 46 children through our home. In, in the last 15 years? We've had in the last 15 kids. years. We had a lot of newborns, and um, some of them went to their grandmas and what have you. But um, I don't know what happened. It, we had little Antonio. Some of you might remember him. He really um, won our hearts. And um, then we got Nicole, and I, I just <laughs> I couldn't let her go. I knew she was going to go to adoption, and I just couldn't let her go. Did you want to say something about that? I would just say that it really, it probably really started the roots with Antonio because Antonio would go to the, <laughs> seriously, uh, at the time I was doing some financial stuff for the church that we went through. And so every Monday I'd go to the bank and Antonio would go with me and Antonio coming to the bank was like Norm coming into the bar at Cheers. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the tellers there just loved him. And Antonio, I mean, I even have pictures of one of the tellers holding him. They just still know want to know how he is. And that really part of started the roots where he would have been the first foster that we would have adopted if he had came up for adoption. He went back to his mom's, but his grandparents have him now. And we still see him periodically. And then when it became pretty obvious that Nicole was coming up for adoption. Vicky goes, "Do you? What do you think of adoption?" And she says, "Yes, absolutely." And JJ is the the same way. I mean, just how could you not adopt him? <laughs> um, just you know, honor to honor to you guys. You know, as as, as someone would look into to settling into retirement and 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 that freedom and and, and all of that, you welcome these children in, into into your home. Um, now, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, Vicky, your dad also adopted when he was was older. Is that is, did that did that impact your decision? And because you you had an example of what that could look like. I thought he was crazy <laughs> when he did that. I mean, because he was definitely over sixty when he did that, and I was like, oh my gosh, what is he thinking? But that boy grew up in his home. He was alive until he was already in college and, out, in fact, married. So, you know, you think you don't have the time, but maybe you do. And um, maybe it did influence me a little bit. I don't know. I never really thought about that. It is kind of different. You want to say something? Yeah, I, I kind of mentioned this to you earlier. I've been reading and started in Genesis and was just reading about Abraham. You know, he was honoring... 30 when Sarah died he died at 175 and was still popping out kids at 175 <laughs> I'm sure you know it'd be like going Isaac take my youngest to school would you, you know he takes him to Hebrew school and oh is this your grandkid no this is my little brother <laughs> seriously they had to be 60 some years difference you know and and there is a uh, I don't want to say fear because it's not the right word but kind of wonder Hey, are we going to be around when these kids are in their 30s? Well, I, honestly, and again, this gets back to Genesis. God at one time goes, I'm going to limit man's time on earth to 120. And 
we are both hoping to be alive and healthy, vibrant until we're 120. So they'll be in their 60s. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. We, we, agree, we agree with that, that dream. Come on. Um, Jonathan and Sandra, now you guys approach fostering a little, bit, a little bit differently because you're not looking to adopt. Can you guys just talk us through that a little bit, why that is? Um, well, for us, the main goal for us is to help the kids transition back to their families. Um, we just want to be that stepping stone until they can go home. Like, I hope that all of the kids from now until the future get to go back home because they love their families and they want to be with their families. And their parents love them and want them to be with them, too. So that's why we're not necessarily wanting to adopt because our hope and goal is that all the kids that come through our house will get to go home. Yeah. And, and if, I, if I may on that, it, it is the goal of the whole agency to reunite the children with their, their original parents. That is the goal. Right. And we've tried to do everything we could with all of our parents that this is what you need to do. This is what you have to do. Do, you do your classes so that they get reunited. We have not wanted anybody's child. Not right. once have we wanted anybody's child. So that, that makes a lot of sense. So, you know, as you're watching and hearing this, like there's different there's different ways. Like maybe maybe you want to adopt a child, but maybe you just you just want to facilitate. You just want to love on a child who needs a family temporarily while their their parents get back on their feet. And uh, so it's not it's not, you know, all one way. There's just many ways to help and uh, kind of to be that father to the fatherless that we need. Um, all right. Um, let's talk about kind of like the highlights or the best parts of fostering for a minute, because I know there's other, there's other parts, but let's talk about the highlights. Um, I'm going to focus this question to Jonathan. What would you say would be the best parts of fostering children? Well, the best part is um, when we get a child at the beginning, the first couple of days, they're very distraught. They're, sometimes they're crying. We get them crying. They're, they miss that familiar person that they were with. And yeah, so we're, we're complete, complete strangers to them. So they, they, they're crying they, uh, and, and they're having problems adjusting. The moment that that kid looks at you and then they go, hi, dad, hi, mom, like, I love you, you know, those little things, they give you a hug, and those are the best moments when the kid forgets that they're having troubles, that, that they, their family has been separated. When, when we give them that little ray of sunshine in their lives, that's, those are the best moments that uh, that I could say we have. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. We actually had one little girl, Ashley, that was nine, and her mom passed away. And she had been sick for quite a while and was just kind of bounced between friends. Well, and we had her for, I think, about three weeks before she went to her grandparents. And one day... <laughs> <laughs> she looks sad and she goes... I'd love to just stay with you guys. Uh, <laughs> and with us, because so many of our kids are newborns, 
have to get over being tired from being up all night. <laughs> you get to hold these cute little babies. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty awesome. What What would you say um, are the is the greatest struggle? I mean, I don't know. There's probably a lot. Probably one of the biggest struggles that I have is. Um, when the children get disappointed that their parent was supposed to come to a visit but they didn't show up, things like that, that's really hard. Um, as far as the system goes, we've had it really easy. I don't know why, but we have. We've hardly had any problems with social workers or even parents. We've only had a couple parents that gave us trouble. Maybe because of our age, they have res people have respect for us. I don't know, but we've had it easy that way. But the hardest thing would be when kids miss their parents, and when their parents don't come through. It that that's hard. It breaks my heart for them. Yeah. Sandra, what would you say is has been your guys' greatest struggle? So we've had a lot of struggles with social <laughs> workers, a lot, and a lot of struggles with other adults that are part of the kids' teams. Usually that's my biggest, like, yeah. is the adults in the kids' lives and not everybody being on the same page. So um, usually we have they have, like, a child, their family, and their team, and we have meetings pretty frequently. They're called child-family team meetings. Um, and everybody comes and sits together, and they collaborate and try to figure out what the best plan is for the child. So trying to like sit down and be like, okay, this is what I think should happen. This is what we think. Like, ninety-eight percent of the time, nobody sees eye to eye. So that's our biggest struggle. Okay, so now as um, someone in your life, like as a friend, like uh, us here in your church family, um, and this knowing that y you guys are going through a different path than a lot of us have ever experienced. What is a way that we could support you in the struggle? Because we're not understanding it, but also know that sometimes when people go through things, like those of us on the outside could say really dumb things that don't really help, right? And so what, what would be a way to support you? So when we're talking to you, these are the best two words ever. That sucks. <laughs> Like, literally, that's, like, right. for me, I just want somebody who will sit and listen and at the end keep their mouth. I don't want any advice. I don't want you to tell me what I'm doing wrong or what I should have tried better. Because, really, if you're not in the thick of it, you don't know, you know? Like, just at the, and at the end, even if you're, like, inside dying, like, oh, I have all this great advice for you. Just, that sucks. So, let, let's, let's all try that. To, let's all try that together now. You ready? On three. One, two, three. That sucks. <laughs> It, you know what? It, it, this is it's so it's so helpful though to know what to say in advance because you know how many fixers in the room that you just like yeah I'm a I'm a fixer so I'm like here let me let me let's pop out some some answers let's fix the problem but and husbands that works in your marriages too if your wives are talking to you <laughs> there you go that's that's free 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 marriage advice right there. <laughs> um, Jonathan, what would you what would you say if someone is watching online or, or here with us today and they've been thinking about you know foster uh, fostering it's or becoming what's called that they call it a resource parent becoming a resource parent um, but they're hesitating they're not quite sure if they should do it um, 
or, or not, what, what would you say to them? Go to the orientation. There's a, uh, an orientation that happens that you go and they explain to you how it all works. They explain to you this is what you need to do and um, you need to take these classes and, and they explain the whole system to you on, on orientation day. So just go for it. You know, when they say, well, what's the best way to get in on the pool? Just jump. Just, just go for it. So it, go to the orientation. They'll explain everything to you. They'll answer all of your questions. Everything that you think, everything that you're wondering, how it all works, just go to the orientation and, and do it. And um, you can ask us if you have questions about it. But I, I, I'll say that just go for it. Because at the beginning when uh, she wanted to foster, I wasn't 100% in it. I was like, okay, well, you want to do it? Sure, you go ahead, do it. I was like, but, <laughs> but I was like, at the same time, I'm like, you know what? If she's doing it, I have to do it as well. Because this is not something that we can do halfway. Like, either we do it or it's not, gonna, it's not going to happen. So one thing is, if you are in a marriage, you both have to be in one accordance. You have to agree to do it together and then go to orientation, and they'll answer all of your questions. Jim and Vicky, what about you guys? What would you say to someone who's considering or has thought about, about becoming a resource parent? Uh, one thing is, you, what you begin to realize after a while is, a lot of the times, it, because it's drugs and alcohol, especially for what we've done, is it involved is you have people that are just hurting and they're medicating with, with drugs or alcohol. And sometimes you look and it's like, why don't your grandparents or your parents have it? And it's because the grandparents and parents are just this generational curse that's being set down. So you really have to realize that you just, you're dealing with hurting people that are not responding correctly. And that gives you a heart towards the parents for for the most part. Every once in a while you get a parent that is like, well, my heart doesn't go out to you very much, but <laughs> being brutally honest, we, we, we've had very few of those actually. But you just really have to bear in mind that you're, you're not just a, watching a child or taking care of a child for a while. You, you have interaction with a, with a parent your question just what what would you what would your advice to be to some to someone who's thinking about about fostering i thought jonathan's answer was really good yeah that's a good way to start actually that's what i did years and years ago when my children were still small in my home they were in elementary school i went to the orientation and i listened to the orientation and i had a little eye-opening experience when i realized they said this one statement, if you think you're going to bring a child home that's going to be a friend to your kids, think again. And it scared me so much that I didn't do foster care for many years. I kind of wish I could go back and do that over, but um, they were trying to make the point that the kids are sometimes traumatized and they're, they're, not, they're not like bringing your neighbor's little child over to stay for a little while uh, they have issues and there's there's a lot more involved in it but I think if you were if you even thought you might 
have a part in the foster care system, taking care of children, becoming a resource parent or adopting. Um, you can't find out until you just really go and do it a little bit. And then you might find out that you don't really like it but or that it's not working for your family or whatever. But you might find out that it's really great and um, you love it. We wouldn't have stayed 15 years if we <laughs> ha hadn't enjoyed having the kids around. And, um, and actually, you can make a lot of friends. There's a lot of groups. They have groups, you know, for support groups and what have you. We've made a lot of friends over the years and um, been to a lot of activities that they have and they try to appreciate us sometimes give us a free dinner and you know it's kind of fun to sit at a dinner and at a fancy restaurant or a fancy hotel and visit with other foster parents so right. there's a it's, it's a lot involved in it but I think if you were thinking about it you might want to just give it a try there was one thing that I wanted to add, and she touched a little bit on it. If you're really thinking about it, and you go to and you go to orientation, and then you decide to do it, you're not alone. There's a lot of help that yeah, you get within the, uh, the the foster system. There's a lot of help that you get, so you're not going to be alone. You're going to have people that are going to help you if you need the help. They're going to help your kids. So there's a lot of help that there's going to be when you jump into it. Yes. You can get a mentor, you can get, there's so much resource out there to help you with whatever type of problems you might be having. And I, I what I hear you saying is, is uh, like, you can try it and then not like it and then not do it. Absolutely. Right? So, like, we don't have to be afraid of, well, <laughs> now I've signed up for the rest of my life. Like, and you don't have to feel like a failure if you're like, well, it didn't work out for me. That's okay. You did something hard. You tried to see, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. So, yeah. And also, it's just because they ask you to take a child, you, 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 you can say no. You know, if for like us, we basically really prefer newborns. Right. We've had a few that weren't. If, if you just want teenage boys, you can take teenage boys, teenage girls. You, you, you have a l you're not under obligation just to take whatever's thrown at mm. you. That's good points. And in fact, you can put yourself on hold whenever you want to. Ah. We're on hold right now because I don't want any more kids yeah. right now. The two-year-old and the four-year-old are enough. Yeah. So I don't need any more right now. So yeah. I have myself on hold. And you do get a little bit of information. You can ask questions about the kids, about their backgrounds, about their likes, their dislikes. You can ask about their family, where their family is located, who's involved in their life. That way you kind of know what you're getting yourself into. So it's not like you're just going in blind. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so much. Um, I, I'm going to, and they said that they were okay with this, uh, taking, like, kind of questions, like, on the spot. Um, before we kind of move forward here, is there a question that any of you have in this moment? You're like, I'm really kind of hoping they ask this one thing, and I'm probably not going to. So is there anything, um, before I turn it back over to the other, yes? And the question is, are you able to introduce God into these foster kids' lives? Hello. Hello. Thanks. <laughs> um, that one's a little tricky. They don't really like you instilling 
your religious views in them. But if that's a part of your household, that's part of your household. It's, you know, it comes with the territory. Um, a lot of the social workers that we've worked with, they actually ask if we go to church. We always say, yes, we go to church on Sunday. Our child goes to um, Sunday school. They love it. They have a great time. They have so many friends at church. And they're usually okay with it. But their parents can say, I don't want my kid going to church. And their kid can't go to church. I see. Okay. Thank you. There's another question here, right here. How long, what's the time frame is the question to get qualified? Oh, because so we did ago. it before RFA, yeah. 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 We, so for. We, we had to go to Fort Collins and mm -hmm. fill out this question mm -hmm. and then come back and start talking about it. Okay. So how long did it take you? It took us about a year and a half. There's like multiple steps that you have to do. So you have to take training classes. You have to get CPR certified. They have to inspect your home. Um, there's no cost involved. It's all free. They Nothing costs money. It's just a little time consuming. You have to go through family interviews. So somebody comes out and has to interview everybody in the home. Um, it is lengthy, but it's it doesn't cost you anything. Right. Okay. So another question somewhere? No? I thought I saw. Oh, back. Marcia. Okay, so the question is, are you required to have, like, a, a, a room for the child? Like, what are the requirements of the home? Yes. So children under the age of five can share bedrooms with opposite gender. You can have two kids to a room? Yeah, that's I think. Right. Yeah, I think you can have two kids. But if it's, like, a sibling set, I heard that you can have more if they're from the same. Like, if you take in a group of four kids and they want to keep them together and they're having trouble finding a home that has enough, because that's all the kids. I mean, you'd have to have a lot of extra bedrooms. They'll make accommodations, and you can get, like, some sort of special something so that you can take in a sibling group. Um, but if the kids are over five, they have, there can only be two, they, they have to be the same gender. Right. So, um, yes, you have to have right. a room for the kids. But bio kids and um, foster kids can share a room if they meet those requirements. Okay. Do you have to be a married couple in order to be a resource parent, or can you do it if, if there's someone who's single? You can be single. You can live in an apartment. You don't have to be a homeowner. Um, I mean, really, if you have the space in your home and if you have the space in your heart, they approve you. You can even work a job and have children and put them in daycare. Okay. It's just like if they were your own. Okay. And the county usually pays for the child for the, care. For the child so care. you don't have to pay for that out okay. of pocket. Great. Any anyone else have a question? Okay. Oh yes, one in the back. What age do you do? So we've had kids from four was the youngest, four. and then our oldest was sixteen. So we're like all, all over the ages. place. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We are in a few moments. We're going to actually have these couples uh, come down here. And if you would like prayer or ministry, uh, kind of focusing in that area of fostering, adoption, things like that, they're going to pray. It if you come forward for prayer, it doesn't mean you have to do it, okay? <laughs> but uh, just kind of like, you're just kind of, God, what are you saying in this moment um, for me? Are you saying anything in this area? So they're, they're going to do that and it's going to be great. Uh, but before that, is there anything else that you guys kind of wanted to say that you didn't get out this morning? So I know a lot of people want to help, but they don't have the space to take in a foster child. 
there is something called a CASA, a court-appointed special advocate, and that's kind of like a mentor. It's all volunteer-based, so there's no compensation or anything, but you can go and be a mentor to a child. So they will assign you a child, and you will help walk them through their case, and you'll be them with them with them along, like side by side. I know that there's a need for CASAs because there are so many kids in care, and because it's volunteers, they don't have enough people to volunteer for each child to have a CASA. So if you do want to get involved, I would suggest looking into becoming a CASA. And can I say something about CASAs? One thing about CASAs is no matter if the child moves from one home to another home, the CASA stays. So, so they always have one person that stays consistently with them. That's, that's really great. Go ahead, Jay. And then one other good thing about it, like we had one little boy that came. He was just born with a 0.25 alcohol content. The hospital did not do a second check to confirm the first one, and we had to take him back to his mom the next day. <laughs> one of the hardest kids for me to say goodbye to. You saw this little boy, and you fell in love with him. But even though he wasn't in the house 24 hours, I will be able to pray for him Come on. for the rest of my life. Come on. I would like to say that um, I was already a foster parent until um, when my son got married. And the girl that he married told me that when she was a kid, she went into a foster care. And here's what her take on it was. Wow, there's another way to live. They had no, she had no idea that there was another way to live than the way she was living, sleeping under a bush and all kinds of stuff going on in their life. You know, this, this you can make a difference, even if you didn't keep them forever, that you, they could see that there's another side of life than the side they've seen, that it could change them forever. You just don't know. You just, the, what you deposit in a child's life goes on and on and on into eternity. This is an eternal impact, eternal influence. And uh, like if it's just as a mentor, if it's, it, you know, fostering temporarily, if it goes on to adoption, um, this is definitely close to the heart of God. And um, you want to make an impact in the earth, invest in children invest in children. Um, I mean, when we do things like this, it goes by, the time goes by so fast. And I feel like I could stay for another three hours and listen. Um, but we're going to move into our ministry time right now. And, I, and maybe you still have more questions or when you go home today, you might get more. These are great resources right here that you have access to. And they would love to just be there for you and, and answer any questions even in the coming days and weeks. And, and if any of you decide you want to foster, you want to adopt, you want to do that, these are people in your church family that are, have been doing it and can help along the way. So just to encourage you in that. But um, why don't, uh, I'm going to ask uh, Joel to just kind of play some music. And if you guys want to take a step down here on, on the floor and we're going to move into that ministry time. Um, I just want to, in, 
encourage you once again. I want to thank these four for uh, making themselves available today, for sharing about what they're doing. And you know what? You didn't even hear the stories. I'm sure they could have went on and on and on about the differences and the, the little things that happened in their home and, and all of that, of the, the years that they've put into this. We didn't get to hear it all, but um, if there's even a fraction of your heart, of your emotion, of your thoughts, I wonder, could I, should I? Is God, I encourage you today to come and receive prayer. As, uh, as followers of Jesus, um, we are pro-life, right? We, we, are, um, we stand up for the, the rights of life of the pre-born. This here helps support that. Because when I, I believe that we ought to be pro-life from the womb to the tomb. We are pro-all life. And so there needs to be this safety system, this net to help those that maybe they can't and they're not able to to care for their children and there's another option for them and so I just kind of want to help connect some some of those dots yeah. I'm gonna pray and then if you would like to come and pray uh, receive ministry then we'll uh, we'll open that up father I thank you for um, the dolls and the Sanchezes who have opened their hearts and their homes to these children and have loved on them and loved on the family unit that they come from. Father, I just speak blessing over them for what they are doing, the example that they are for us and how they've opened up and they've just shared their experiences and they've shared their lives with us. God, I pray that... Um, that we would have ears to hear your voice. If this is something that, the, the way that we can help to take care of the fatherless and, and the orphan and those who are oppressed and, and are experiencing injustice, if this is something that you have for, for us as individuals, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us and we would have ears to hear. And Father, we, uh, we lean on you for your strength because this is not done clearly. This is not done in their own strength. And so we receive from you today, in Jesus' name, amen.